Hey everybody, welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. Every Friday, I will read the first chapter of a book for you guys, and today is no different. I almost didn't have one, but I have a very good friend of mine. Her book is releasing on the 13th of August. I am super, super, super excited about this book. You guys, I retweet on Twitter all the time about this book. Pre-orders are open right now. I will be sure to leave a link where you can purchase in the show notes. Uh, This book is The 13th Zodiac by L. Crouch. And I, again, I can't even tell you guys how excited I am about this book. I really hope you guys like it as much as I do. Um, I actually got to work with this author as a proofreader and um, helped make this book the best that it can possibly be. I'm so, so, so excited, you guys. And I hope you enjoy this reading of I did the prologue and part of the first chapter. Um, She... Uh, The number 13 is kind of a big deal in this book. So she did 13 chapters, which in a book that is about 120,000 words kind of makes for long chapters. But um, I think that just adds to the, the book's appeal, honestly. So I did not read the entire first chapter, but I did read um, a nice long sample for you guys. I really hope you enjoy it. I really hope that you will follow that link and pre-order. It comes out August 13th, uh, but you can pre-order right now on Amazon. So I will be sure to put that link for you guys. I'm also going to put in a blog post on my website where you guys can go and let me know what you think of this reading, uh, any comments that you want to make for the author, um, anything like that. So please uh, go over to thepickybookworm.com and you'll be able to find uh, this podcast link under my blog. So I will put a link for that as well in the show notes uh, for you guys and make it easy for you. So I hope, again, I hope you enjoy this reading of The 13th Zodiac by L. Crouch. Thanks, guys. Once there were four titans, Earth, the mother of Gaia, Sky, the father of the heavens, Fate, the overseer of life and death, and Time, the keeper of the eternal clock. The lovers, Fate and Time, ruled over all. Together they kept Gaia at peace until 1,000 years ago when Mother Earth and Father Sky created mortal man and shattered the eternal clock. Time hated the children of Earth and Sky. Thus, the keepers were born. Time assigned each to small pieces of Gaia, taking parts from Fate, Earth, and Sky. Then Time turned Earth into the mother tree and dissipated Sky into the clouds. The keepers resented time for what she had done, for which time banished them. What her lover had done disgusted fate. To trap time, fate turned to the keeper of the stars, who time shattered into twelve, creating the zodiac, the heroes of mortal men. Beneath the boughs of the mother tree, fate trapped time for an eternity. Angry and hurt, time divided her own soul in two, Thus, the thirteenth zodiac was born, eternity. Prologue, year 1001. Arya, day 29 of the second month, leap year. Skylas woke in a cold sweat. His head pounded. He had the dream again. A girl with white hair, 
clock-like tattoos on her arms, and pure white eyes bleeding to death. The symbol of eternity, the intertwined loop that never ends on her shoulder concerned him the most. None had ever possessed the symbol in a thousand years. Visions like these plagued him for most of his life. Not knowing who this girl was or why she was important to him, he pushed the vision to the back of his mind. Beside him, Celeste, the Queen of Aria, stirred. Smiling, Skylas ran his hand over her shoulder. Moving her soft hazelnut brown hair away from her cheek, he gave her a quick kiss. He climbed out of their bed, not wishing to wake her. The morning sun rose on the horizon. Skylas walked over to the window and placed his hands on the sill, gazing out over the ocean. Waves crashed against the palace walls, while on the other side, the ocean broke off into small inlets and combined into a lake. Native apple trees pressed against the stone surrounding the castle and dotting the landscape. Arya was a beautiful little island kingdom, and he enjoyed living here, even more so after he married Queen Celeste. When she came to power, Skylas had declined the title of king, remaining simply the prophet. Digging his fingers into his temples as the headache pounded, he leaned his forehead against the cold stone of the open window. Another headache? Celeste's voice was laced with concern. Yeah. Skylas rubbed his head with his palm, trying to quell the headache. The same girl, too. White hair and eternity on her shoulder. It's strange you keep seeing her. Celeste moaned, rubbing the top of her pregnant belly. She was due any day now. Skylas turned and leaned against the windowsill. A smile crossed his lips as she pulled back the blanket and placed her feet on the stone floor. Oh, it's cold! Mm. Celeste pulled her foot back from the stone. Let me help. Skylas walked back over to Celeste, kneeling in front of her. He picked up the slippers resting at the foot of their bed. Taking his, her foot in his hand, he worked her toes between his fingers. She giggled as he brought warmth to them. Skylas pulled the slippers on her feet. Are they swollen? Celeste put her feet on the ground. Not at all. Skylas stood, offering her a hand. You're lying. Celeste took his hand to pull herself up. Skylas held his breath as her nightgown filled out around her. Never. Skylas twirled her around, wrapping his arms around her body. He ran his hands down her belly, spreading his fingers out, hoping to feel a kick or two. Celeste covered his hands with hers and leaned back against him. Skylas jumped as a small foot kicked his hand. Still kicking, I see. Always. Celeste removed his hands from her belly and wrapped them around his neck. Skylas ran his hands over her back as they kissed. Celeste bit her lip, pushing away from him, putting one hand on her belly while squeezing his shoulder with the other. What's wrong? Skylas leaned over as she dug her nails into his skin. He tried to support her as she hunched over for a few minutes. Catching her breath, Celeste looked into his eyes. It's time, she said, exhaling slowly. Skylas helped her back onto the bed. He put his pillow on top of hers, creating more support for her back. Celeste motioned for him to take her hand again. Skylas grabbed it as she hunched forward. Celeste breathed in, pressing under her belly as the contraction came and went. When it subsided, she nodded at him. Go. Now. Yes, of, of course, he stammered, trying to keep his heart from leaping into his throat. Skylas ran out of their room. 
He took steps two at a time to the infirmary and shouted for the midwives. The women gathered their supplies and rushed up the stairs. Skylas went to follow, but a swan woman next to the door stopped him. She held tight to the door handle and shook her head. You can't be in there, prophet. Law dictates men aren't allowed during royal labor, even the king. The portly woman crossed her arms, planting her feet firmly on the stone floor. But Skylas ran his hand over his arm nervously. He knew the law. He hated the law. The fathers of princes and princesses remained outside of the birthing room in Arya. The matriarchy that ruled over Arya made births an occasion for the mother and her handmaids. Skylas understood this, but still wanted to be there for his wife. No buts, the woman wagged a finger at him. Skylas sighed in defeat, settling outside their room, and waited. News of the impending birth of the prince or princess traveled fast through the castle. Hours passed. Skylas remained on the other side of the door as Celeste's cries of labor made him even more uneasy. He perked up at the familiar echo of boots coming up the stairs. A tall, bronze-skinned man in the uniform of the Royal Guard made his way to where Skylas sat on the ground. He carried a tray with an egg salad sandwich and some apple juice. Jack stopped and looked at him. His dark brown eyes met Skylas. He frowned. You look pathetic. They won't let me in. Skylas motioned at the short woman who had her arms crossed, glaring at him. Believe me, Skyle, you don't want to be in there. Jack nodded at the door. I know, but I want to be there for both of them. Fixing the sleeves of his earth-toned robes, Skylas motioned for Jack to join him. It's good to see you, though. How long have you been sitting here? Jack joined Skylas on the steps. He pushed the tray into his lap. I'm sure you haven't eaten. I haven't. It's been a good five hours since this all started. Skylas appreciated the company of an old friend. Jack also had a child, a small girl of about eight. The girl would put the boys to shame during training. Skylas sighed, staring at the door, a knot lodged in his stomach. I can't help but think something is wrong. This stuff takes time. Shit, Jimmy took almost ten hours to show up. Her mother threatened to kill me many times. Jack's gaze faltered. Skylas leaned over and put his hand on the man's shoulder, offering Jack half of his sandwich. Jack took it and nodded his thanks. I'm sure the queen, I mean Celeste, will be fine. The two men jumped to their feet when a knock came to the door. The woman guarding the room opened it and disappeared inside. Time seemed to crawl. Hours continued to tick by. Skylas' nerves were frayed by the time the midwife stepped out of the bedchamber to speak to him. Congratulations, you have a beautiful baby girl. Jack shouted with excitement and slapped, clapped Skylas across the back. Congratulations, Skyle. A girl? Skylas stammered, running nervous hands together. Can I go in? Of course. The midwife stepped out of the way for Skylas. He rushed in, closing the door behind him. His heart beat against his chest as he took in the room. The midwives had all left. Celeste rested on a freshly clean bed, cradling a small bundle of pink blankets. Her ocean blue eyes met his gaze and she smiled. A girl? Celeste, we had a girl! Skylas rushed to where his wife was resting with the baby on her chest. Sitting next to her, he touched the infant's soft hazelnut brown hair. His hand stopped as he accidentally pushed a part of the blanket off the baby's shoulder, exposing the symbol of eternity. 
Year 1002, Undal, Day 7 of the 8th month, Leo. The titan of fate let her bare feet rest against the thick roots, her wings, one black and one white, folded behind her. The tips brushed the wood as she walked. She dismissed them with a flick of her wrist, feathers raised down around her, disappearing into dust. Clouds twisted around the massive mother tree as it reached toward the sky, branches desperate to touch it. Within the mother tree, paths formed naturally. A cloaked man trotted up to greet fate. The prophet Skylas was tall with short black hair. The markings of the kingdom of Arya, a phoenix clutching an apple, adorned his dark brown cloak. He wore a dyed blue linen tunic and simple slacks. Fate clutched the spear of stars in her hand, and together they approached a cave hidden within the boughs. She's here. No emotion escaped her voice as Fate clutched a spear in her right hand. Holding the other to her chest, she took a deep breath to steady her nerves. One thousand years had passed since she saw her ex-lover. She glanced at the prophet and ran her hand through her black and white hair, parting the two colors directly down the middle. A year and a half passed since his daughter was born with the symbol of eternity on her tiny shoulder. What fate hadn't expected was the titan's shattered soul to be reborn so soon. Fate knew deep down the girl was in danger, even with the titan of time trapped within. I can't see anything. Are you certain? Skylas ducked to peer into the cave. Twisted roots and overgrowth from the tree obstructed the way. The roots created a hollow opening under the tree, ready to suffocate those who would wander in. Rhythmic breathing came from within the cave, then a laugh. He backed up, surprised by the sound. Yes, I'm certain. Fate placed the spear behind her, between where her wings awaited her command. She stepped into the pitch black of the cave. Skylas followed. Darkness engulfed them as they continued deeper within. In the distance, a faint glow of light shone on a feminine form bound by twisted roots to the wall of the tree. A sharp female laugh echoed again. Fate, my love, you finally come to visit. A voice spoke. Her joints popped as she moved. The woman had a cloth wrapped tightly around her eyes. Tree bark swallowed one arm and bound her legs. Her other arm hung loosely at her side. Black markings trailed up her free arm and down her slender stomach. She was stark naked, but smooth like a child's doll. Long white hair draped over her icy blue shoulders, long enough to touch the ground. Youthful in appearance, but well over a thousand years old, Time's face twisted into a threatening grin. I didn't just come to see you, Time. Fate walked forward and swallowed what feelings she had left. Calling to her wings once more, she pulled the spear out as feathers filled the cave and her wings returned in the tight space. The dual tips were brandished with sharpened metal phoenix wings. She folded her wings behind her. The cave was restricting, but she may need them. I came to end this. A pout appeared on Time's face. It twisted into a smirk as Skylas tried to take the spear from fate. Let me, fate. Skylas placed his hand on top of hers. No! Fate pushed Skylas away from her and knocked the grown man down. Fate turned the spear in her hand as a tear rolled down her face. It has to be me. What? Why? Skylas returned to his feet. You are far too important. I am nothing, just a prophet. 
Fate spread her black wing in front of him. It would kill you, Fate snapped. An uneasy feeling rose in her throat. She wanted to puke, but pushed it down, knowing what needed to be done. Then let it. We came here to end time, to protect those we love, Skylar's protested. Why sacrifice yourself? It has to be her. Time laughed, cracking her knuckles on her free hand. Didn't she tell you? The tides of fate are off balance. Earth and sky saw to that when they created those disgusting mortals. Fate knows killing me is the only way to fix it. A twisted smirk crossed her lips. No, you are wrong. Fate brought the spear high above her head. A ringing sound filled the cave. Calling upon the dormant powers within the spear, she faltered. The spear of stars refused to respond. Am I, though? Or did you find another way to level out the tides? Let me guess. You created life. With who? Time laughed. I have brought balance back to the tides. That is all you need to know. Fate ignored Time's mocking laugh. Dropping the spear level with her abdomen, she turned the prongs vertical. Please listen to me. A thousand years ago, I used your power to trap time within the tree. Now I need you to keep her there. Fate begged the spear. It still refused to respond. A tear rolled down her face. I have to try. Gritting her teeth, she charged at the bound woman. Yes, Fate, do it. Time hissed with joy and arched her back, daring Fate to impale her with the spear. Do what you failed to do so many years ago. Time's voice lowered. Kill me. A loud crack echoed as the wood and the spear's tips ripped through Time's chest and lower abdomen. Blood sprayed out of the wounds from the titan's body. Time moaned with pleasure as fate pushed her weight onto the spear. Disgust played across her face. Time licked her lips and whispered, Do you remember, fate, the way we used to be before earth and sky broke the eternal clock? Tears rolled down fate's cheeks. Stop! After everything you've done, I still love you. Her knuckles were white against the shaft of the spear. Choking back tears, she allowed the black smoke to sneak down the shaft of the spear. With sorrowful, eye with sorrowful eyes, she screamed as the power of death receded. She couldn't do it. The spear had to be enough. Skylas reached out to touch her. No! Fate slapped his hand away. Time ran her hand over the prongs protruding from her body, smearing the blood between her fingers. When the eternal clock shattered, so did the woman you loved. I will rebuild the clock. Time glanced past fate at Skylas, standing behind her wings. All I need is the blood of his infant daughter. Time's face twisted into a cracked smile. Skylas pushed past Fate's large white wing and into Time's line of sight. Leave my daughter out of this. He cast a threatening glance before it faltered into dismay. Time cocked her head to the side and reached into his mind, weaving her powers like icy tendrils through his brain. Skylas gripped his head in pain. Time hissed. Your daughter bears the sign of eternity. Do you not want to know what will become of her prophet? A dark smile crossed her lips as Skyla struggled to walk forward. Still holding his head, he wrapped his fingers around Time's throat. His body stiffened. He had touched her skin, making direct contact. 
Skyless, frozen in shock, stared into the blindfold, locking his eyes where hers would have been. Time turned her head toward him, ignoring his grasp around her neck. You've seen it, haven't you? The future. Her future. Wouldn't you like to have the power to stop it? Time murmured. I need that power. I have to protect her. His gaze moved from the blindfold to his hand wrapped around her throat. From you. If you think I can give it to you? Time scoffed, resting a hand on his outstretched arm. So be it. Show me, prophet. What did you see? No, Skylas, don't listen to her. Fate's grip loosened on the spear. She let go to shove Skylas out of time's trap. The prongs released from the bark. The spear clattered to the ground as time arched her back. Her blood forced parts of the wood to decay. The wounds on her stomach, now devoid of the spear's points, were repaired. The two holes between her breasts and abdomen closed. Flesh and sinew stitched back together. Time growled at fate while Skylas held tight to her throat. She slapped fate away, knocking her to the ground. Skylas, tears running down his face, stared into Time's covered eyes. Time searched his memories. The visions that plagued him before his daughter's birth flashed before her. Images of white hair and black tattoos moving down her arms faded in and out. She saw the girl all grown up, bleeding to death. Skyla's intense urge to save her resonated in Time's chest. He choked out, Please, I have to know. Does she die? You want to know if she dies? Interesting. Time's free hand caressed his cheek. She tried to dig deeper into his subconscious and failed to find the answer. A frown fell on her face when he gave her nothing. She shrugged and rested her fingers over his face. Skylas closed his eyes and she whispered, I can give you the power to know. No! Fate brought herself back to her feet and frantically tried to pull Skylas free. Time hissed as her ex-lover grabbed the prophet by the wrist. This feels familiar, doesn't it, Fate? Time ran her claw-like nails over Skylas's eyes. The last time someone touched me, I shattered the Keeper of Stars into twelve. I won't let it happen again. Fate grabbed Time's arm instead. She pulled hard, removing Time's free hand from Skyla's face. Time pulled away, causing Fate to stumble to the ground. She shouted at Skyla's, hoping to snap him out of the trance. You don't want this. But I do. His voice was still devoid of emotion as he accepted Time's offer. More power at the cost of his eyes. He went limp, his eyes remained closed. Time laughed, louder this time, as she pushed on his eyelids hard with her fingers. His back arched, and he let out an ear-piercing scream. "'I can make you see!' Time sneered. Her fingers dealt deep into his eye sockets as blood covered her hand and his face. Releasing him from her grasp, she shoved him away. Skylas clutched his face. Blood poured through his fingertips." In a moment of satisfaction, time licked the blood from her hand. She scoffed as Skyla slunk back into the darkness. Fate scrambled to follow him, pressing her hands to his face. You can't undo it. What have you done? Fate's shoulders heaved with sobs. Only what he asked for, time replied. Fate turned toward time and retrieved the spear. 
She chuckled and grabbed Fate by the throat when her ex-lover attempted to turn the spear on her. Fate dropped it, clawing at the woman's fingers. Her wings flapped wildly as pain raced through her body. Time, please, don't do this. You were right, my love. Time licked her lips. I should be stopped. Her grip tightened around Fate's neck. The woman screamed under her grasp. Fate, in a desperate last chance, drew a wide circle in front of her in the air. Inside, she drew her wings, one white, one black, and slashed through them. I still love... Fate gasped as time's grip tightened around her throat. She spread her wings wide. The separated wing halves floated in front of her. With a weak motion, she sent them away. Her wings disintegrated into feathers. Ripping your soul in half solves nothing. Time sighed. Fate had performed the spell which created eternity a thousand years ago, the same spell that prevented time from dying. Fate's body went limp. The spell had been successful. Fate's soul divided into two, sending her powers into the void. Time sighed and squeezed Fate's lifeless neck, making a loud pop. She whispered, anger lacing her words. It should never have come to this. Fate's body ruptured under time's power. The titan of fate's blood spattered around the cave as the tree's bonds broke. Black smoke hissed into the air. Bark and roots retreated from around time's body. She stretched her arm, finally freed from the bark prison. For the first time in a thousand years, time's feet touched the hard, unforgiving roots of Gaia. She eyed the spear resting on the roots. She stepped over it and scoffed. It had served its purpose a thousand years ago when fate and the keepers used it to imprison her. It refused to bend fate, allowing time to be freed. Reaching down to the wounded man, she ran her finger over his cheek. Don't worry, my young prophet. One day you will be grateful for my gift. There was a lot to do and little time to do it. She needed to recover, to plan. Taking her hand away from Skyla's bloody cheek and standing tall, she put a foot on his shoulder. He cursed her as she pushed him out of the way. The cave opened for her, vines decaying as time walked past, bark breaking away and falling to the dirt floors. Stepping out of the cave barefoot, the warmth of the sun kissed her icy blue skin. Time took a deep breath. Bringing the chill to her fingertips, she pulled the threads of time. Mending the wounds and the weakened muscles of her unused legs, she smiled. All had gone as planned.